Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Have you ever gone through a long period of darkness where everything is just not going well in life? You know, whether it's your career, your work, your plans aren't going well, or maybe there's tension in the home, tension in your marriage, or friendships that used to give you great joy are actually a source of tension. They're just harder and more difficult now. Just everything just seems to just be off, but it's not just your life in general. It's also your spiritual life. You're not feeling very close to God as well. You want to turn to God in this time of difficulty, but yet God doesn't seem close to you. Your prayer is dry. You feel empty when you go to prayer and you're wondering, where are you, Lord? Are you still there? Are you still guiding my life? What's happening, Lord? Have you ever had moments like that? If you have, maybe, just maybe you're experiencing what St. John of the Cross described as the dark night of the soul. Now, when I use that, that expression, it sounds scary, doesn't it? The dark night of the soul. <laughs> it sounds really intense. What is this really all about? If Jesus is the light of the world, why would he throw some souls into darkness? It sounds terrifying. What is the dark night of the soul really all about? That's what I want to talk about today. I want to look at the dark night and we're going to see it's not about God abandoning anyone. No, no, no. It's actually about God moving very close to a soul, a God who is coming into our lives in a beautiful, loving, powerful way. If we let him, uh, it's about God inviting us into a deeper union with him. If we hang in there with him, it's going to be hard and challenging, but the fruit of this is so beautiful. John of the cross tells us. I want to take a look at what this dark night is really all about. I want to take a look at what are the three signs of a dark night of the soul. John of the cross talks about there's three signs of a dark night. And, uh, the other thing is, what do I do? I want to talk about what John of the Cross advises us. If I find myself in a dark night experience, what, what do I do? How do I respond to this? How can I be faithful to God in the midst of a dark night? That's what we're going to look at in today's episode of All Things Catholic. So welcome back to the podcast here. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I've been doing a lot of reading on John of the Cross recently, and I... I did a lot of work with John of the Cross back in my graduate school days. I came across him, uh, particularly in my doctoral program. I'd read him before, and he's very intimidating. You read about him, and he just wants you to give up things and be detached and make sacrifices and follow the Lord. And it could be it could be intimidating if you just pick up John of the Cross and just try to read him. Uh, John of the Cross warns wisely that his writings aren't for beginners. <laughs> That's not what it's about. Thankfully, I had a very wise spiritual director and professor in Rome who beautifully unpacked the the real meaning of John of the Cross, who's often misunderstood and taken out of context, uh, and showed the beauty of what the Dark Knight is really all about. And it's that I want to share with you a little bit here today. Uh, so John of the Cross, what is this Dark Knight about? As I said, it's not about God abandoning anyone. Think about it as... Think about the dark night is about God drawing very near to a soul, being very close to a soul, uncomfortably close to a soul. 
You see, God is a self-giving God. He's always pouring himself out, right? His very inner life is all about the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and total self-giving love. And and he creates us. He didn't have to create us, but he did because he, he desires to share his love with others. And it's so beautiful. And this God wants to be very close to us. He wants to fill us with his love. And John of the Cross has a wonderful image. He talks about, quote, the loving inflow of God. I love that image, the loving inflow of God. You just think of this torrent of flow of water and God just, he wants to fill us completely. The problem is we often don't have space in our soul for him. We don't have room for him because we fill our soul with so many other things. You know, I don't know if you ever had this experience when you you go to the grocery store, you know, you make a big Costco run or something. You just got so many groceries to bring into the house. And just picture you're, you're carrying all these groceries in. Your hands are completely full. And then the mailman comes by and wants to hand you the mail. <laughs> or one of your kids comes up and wants to give you, hey, daddy, here's a picture. Take the picture. I, I can't. I'm holding, you know, three carts of eggs and two gallons of milk and all of the Cheerios. I just, I got too much in my hands. I, I can't carry anything. Well, I think that the same thing can happen in the spiritual life where our hands are full, where we're grasping for so many things. You know, maybe we fill our, our lives with so much activity, ambition, projects, noise, entertainment. There's no room for God and we're grasping for success, accomplishment, power, prestige, pleasure, possessions, money, control, whatever it is, our hands are just full and we can't receive what the Lord wants to give us. And what he wants to give us is his very self. That's why John of the Cross says he's so concerned about Christians who quote, do not stay empty so that God might fill them with his ineffable delight. Their hands were already full and they could not take what God was giving. See, God wants to give himself. He's a self-giving God. He's always pressing in the loving inflow of God. He wants this inflow of his life and his love to fill our hearts, to fill our souls. But our hands are often full. Now we know as we become beginners in the spiritual life, we learn, you know, when our faith becomes really important that we need to be more detached from the things of this world. We have to root out sin. We have to root out our pride, our selfishness, our greed, our envy. And we have to work on our attachments to the good things of this world that keep us from receiving God. You know, so we make little sacrifices. We start fasting a little bit. You know, so we we, we start to work on it, and that's really good. But the next point I want to make. So the first point is that God is a, is a self-giving God and, and, we, and we are meant to receive the loving inflow of God, but we can't because we have all these blockages with these things that prevent the loving inflow of God from penetrating deep into our soul. Our hands are too full to receive what he wants to give us. The second point I want to make is that as much as we may try to root out sin, root out vices, root out weaknesses, as much as we may try to be more detached and practice little sacrifices and things to help us not be so attached to our control and what we want, we can't be purified on our own. <laughs> as, as You can be a very athletic Christian, meaning you really go at it, you're really disciplined, but nevertheless, John of the Cross says, there are so many wounds and weaknesses and attachments that we have that are so deep in us, only God can break those down. John the Cross says, no matter how much individuals do through their own efforts, they cannot actively purify themselves enough to be disposed for the least degree of divine union of perfect love. God has to take over and purge them 
in a fire that's dark for them. See, that's what the dark night is about. God kind of getting underneath, you know, like there's only so much I can do when I brush my teeth. You know, I could brush my teeth, I could do some flossing, but in the end, my dentist has to get in, you know, the, they have to get in and get on, you know, do that really deep cleaning work. Well, that's, that's what God is doing in a dark night. And he has a, an, a wonderful analogy that's kind of intense as well, especially if you're a parent, you've experienced this. He uses an analogy from family life and it's that of weaning a child. Have you ever weaned your child or if you're not married? Have you ever been around a child that's being weaned? It's an, it's intense. I mean, I've seen it many times in the three household, but a child is just wondering what's happening. Why is this happening? How come I can't get the milk from my mom? <laughs> you know, I, I remember one of our kids in particular, we were weaning this child and, and it, it was really hard for him. So I, I stayed down in the lower, in our living room with him and the mo- mom is upstairs. You know, if she, if the child got too close to, to Beth, it would just immediately start screaming, wanting the mother's milk. Uh, and so I had the baby downstairs at night and this baby's just screaming hysterically, wanting mom's milk. Where? And you just see this child kicking and screaming in my arms for an hour, nonstop, kicking, screaming, wanting mom. Why? You know, and, and it, I just felt like a horrible dad <laughs> on that night. And then finally, after about an hour of nonstop crying, the child just finally just gives up and in a whimper opens its eyes and just looks me in the eye with this desperate, sad look as if to say, dad, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and I felt horrible, you know, but, but I'm doing this for the child's good because the child needs to grow up. The child needs to eat more solid food. It needs to be weaned eventually. And as terrifying as that is, as disorienting as that is, and the child's wondering, what is happening to me? Why is this happening? Where are you, mom and dad? It's good for the child. John of the Cross says that's what God does with us in the spiritual life, that at the beginning stages, God gives us the sweet milk. You know, in other words, like when we first start really growing in our faith, everything Catholic is really exciting. We're learning about things. We're participating in Catholic things. We're praying now and prayer is fun. I love reading spiritual books. So many times God will use this sweetness to attach us to himself, to awaken this hunger, this desire for him, to develop the habit and practice of prayer. But he does invite us to grow up and to mature. And he invites us to a deeper love, a deeper spiritual life. But that can be really painful for us. And John the Cross says that's like when God is weaning us from all those spiritual delights. God will sometimes use difficult circumstances in life and a new kind of prolonged spiritual dryness to wake the soul up and draw it out of this beginner state, to to take away the sweetness of spiritual things and to teach the child to rely on a, a deeper level of prayer, a deeper level of love, that is not about what feeling does God give me in my prayer life? <laughs> what delight do I have in going to Bible study and learning about my faith? No, no, apart from all the joys, we're stripped of those. And it's like a child being weaned. Listen to what he says. He says, there through pure dryness and interior darkness, God weans them from the breast of these gratifications and delights. And he takes away all these childish ways. Not that they're bad. God uses that, you know, to draw us to him. But he's going to, He's going to call us to something deeper now. And John the Cross points out that no matter how much the beginner may try to practice self-control and root out sin, that eventually God is going to have to 
take over and do the deeper work like the dentist does. <laughs> uh, and that can hurt sometime, just like the dentist may at times. <laughs> I have a great dentist. He never hurts me. Good Catholic man. But anyway, back to <laughs> the, this here. Listen to what John the Cross says about the dark night. And he uses this analogy of weaning. He says, God weans the soul from the sweet breast so that it might be strengthened. And God puts the child down from his arms that it may grow accustomed to walking by itself. This change is a surprise to them because everything seems to be functioning in reverse. I love that image there. You know, so everything seems to be functioning in reverse. This is a surprise. I'm used to going to the chapel and loving doing holy hours, loving going to mass, loving praying and reading scripture and participating in this Catholic community. And now everything just is functioning in reverse. It's just not working anymore. What's going on here? This is a part of God stripping us from all of the comforts, delights, consolations he gives us because he wants us to come to him for him alone, not for what he gives us. He wants us to love himself. He wants us to love him. What are the signs? How do I know I may be going through a dark night of the soul? John the Cross talks about there's three signs. And it's important we have all three of these signs. I want to be clear here. Every Christian is going to go through life where they face ups and downs in life. They face various moments of joys, moments of suffering, trials, disappointments. And they're going to experience periods of dryness and frustration in prayer. Prayer doesn't seem to be going well. That's normal that doesn't mean you're going through a dark night of the soul. That's just the stuff that happens in life and in the life of Christians. If you want to know if you're going through a dark night of the soul, you need three things. And John the Cross, these three things are essential. They're, it's like the three, you know, stand uh, uh, the three parts of a tripod. Uh, if you have one leg missing of the tripod, then the tripod doesn't stand. So you need all three. The first sign of a dark night is that there's no satisfaction in anything, anything spiritual anything just human, <laughs> anything in this world. There is no delight in anything. Friendships are a strain and a burden. Work isn't going well. Leisure, our hopes for the future, our time in prayer, our going to the sacraments, spiritual reading, Christian fellowship, everything is just hard. We're just not finding delight in them. It's not as if they're all going badly. It's just we don't find our joy, our meaning, our purpose in these things like we used to. And we're wondering what's happening. <laughs> now, that's one sign of a dark night. But John the Cross is clear. You need more than this, right? You need the other two. Because you might just not be satisfied in anything simply because you're a melancholic. You have a melancholic temperament. <laughs> and you're never satisfied. Uh, maybe that's it, you know. Or, or maybe you're just going through a rough few weeks or a rough few months right now. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a dark night. There's there's two other things you need as well. The soul, second point is that the soul has a great concern that it's not serving God. So the soul is really worried. Am I being faithful? What's happening? You know, this whole idea of like, I used to be close to God and now I'm keenly aware that I, I don't sense his presence anymore. I don't feel close to him anymore. What is going on? Did I do something wrong? Is God punishing me maybe? Or Am I just not giving my best in my spiritual life? I'm not fervent enough. I'm, I'm not putting my heart into it enough. Am I doing something wrong? This is an important point because sometimes we may have a, a sense of God's absence in our lives and it's because we are sinning or we're not trying hard. We're falling into lukewarmness. 
But a soul going through the dark night is a, a loving soul, a soul that wants friendship with God and is painfully aware that something is different, something's off, and, and, and is worried that they may be doing something wrong. And because they love God so much, they don't want to do anything wrong. They don't want to be going backwards in their spiritual life. They're worried that maybe they're not fervent enough. So there is a concern that they're not serving God. A, a great sinner or a lukewarm soul is not really caring that much <laughs> about their friendship with God. You know, but this soul is very worried, thinking maybe I'm doing something wrong. That leads to the third sign. What's the third sign of a dark night? Third sign of a dark night is the soul's inability to do any kind of meditation, meditative prayer. So whether it's meditation like using Lexio Divina and scripture or Ignatian contemplation or some other type of meditation prayer, you know, like whatever it is where I'm using my mind and I'm trying to reflect on Jesus or the mysteries of faith, I'm reading something to feed my prayer life and it's just not going well. I, I just don't find any satisfaction in it. I just I don't feel like I'm coming away with anything. No matter how hard I try, I get no consolations. I used to love doing Lexio Divina. I used to love reading the Gospels. I used to love using this devotional book or reading the reflections from Magnificat, whatever it is. And now they're just meaningless to me, pointless. I, I just don't get anything out of it anymore. That's a third sign. So we need all three of these. I'm not able to meditate. Uh, I'm, I, I'm very worried that I'm, I, I've done something wrong. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not serving God like I should. And everything is going wrong. And my, I, I'm not getting consolation in anything in my life, anything spiritual, anything uh, just in this world in general. So what do I do? What do I do if I ever encounter this in my life? John of the Cross says a few things. First, if it is a genuine dark night, make sure you resist the temptation to run away from the darkness. Too often souls will panic because they love the feeling of the spiritual life. They love the benefits they get from being a good Catholic, but they're not as concerned about loving Jesus for himself. And so when Jesus tries to invite them to this closer friendship, they freak out and they just go back and they just want to go back and just create everything like it was before. Uh, I graduated from college. I went to this great university, I had a great spiritual experience with a lot of my friends and the, the Newman Center and on retreats. And now I'm off on my own. I'm living in a new city. We're all living apart from each other. I miss that. And I'm going to do everything I can to get that back again. So I'm going to move back to that college town. I'm going to get my friends together and we're going to do the same things like we used to. And we might be doing that not because we're following God's will, but because we want the spiritual pleasure of having close Christian fellowship. And maybe God's calling me to rely on him and to develop new forms of friendship and new fellowship groups. Uh, but I just want to go back to how it was before. That's dangerous. God's weaning me. The period I had at college was wonderful. The blessings I got from that Newman Center were amazing. I, I'm thankful for them. But God's maybe inviting me to something new right now. And, I, and, I, and the temptation is to, I want to go back to the way things were. And, and I do that in my spiritual life too, maybe. Maybe like there's a certain book I used to read for my spiritual life, this devotional book. I used to read at this chapel and I used to use this method. So I'm going to go back and try to use those to conjure up those feelings, that closeness with Jesus again. And no, no, Jesus is stripping us of this. Maybe he's just like calling us not to focus on the delight of prayer and just being present to him in prayer. So that's one thing John of the Cross says, resist the temptation to run away from this darkness that we're facing in prayer because God's teaching us a new way to pray. 
And that leads to so another recommendation he says is persevere in prayer, but in a more receptive way. So we have to keep going to prayer. That's absolutely essential. When you feel your prayer is dry and, and you're going through a dark night, the temptation maybe is to give up praying. Keep praying. You've got to persevere every day in prayer, but be open to praying in a new way, a more receptive way. You know, allow your soul to just rest in quiet and solitude with God, even if it seems like you're wasting time. And that's what John the Cross says. You might feel like you're wasting time. You're not accomplishing much. But be content with just a loving and peaceful attentiveness to God. I love that quote from him. A loving and peaceful attentiveness to God. I'm just resting in his presence. I'm loving him. I'm I'm believing that he's really there with me in this darkness, even though I maybe don't feel his closeness. I believe he's still there. And John Cross says, don't try to stir up some feeling. That's only going to make your situation more difficult. He says, quote, live without the concern, without the effort, without the desire to taste or feel him. All these desires disquiet the soul and will distract it from the peaceful, quiet, and sweet idleness of the contemplation that is being communicated to it. That's what's happening here. God's trying to teach us to, to know him and love him in a new way. He's trying to draw us to this deeper kind of prayer and contemplation and infuse contemplation where it's, it's him really leading us in this prayer, stripped of all of the emotions and feelings. He's calling us to something different and it's beautiful. You know, uh, I'll close with this. He thinks about, he, he writes about how when God draws very close, it can be experienced as darkness and pain. And he uses the image of light and fire. I want to talk about this here. So he, he, John the Cross writes about how, you know, if you look at the sun and you just stare at the sun, you're blinded. Not because all of a sudden everything goes dark, not because there's an eclipse or the sun is not giving light. No, it's because the, the light is so bright. You can't see the way you're used to seeing. And that's what God is doing in a dark night. He's so close and he's blinding us. It's not as if he just threw us in a dark room. No, no, he's so close to us now. He's blinding us and we have to trust even though I can't see him like staring into the sun, he's actually really there and he's guiding me. I have to, I'm going to have to walk by faith more than, and then by sight, like, like more than ever before now. He's the image of fire too. The fire can be warm and comforting, but it can also be afflictive. It could hurt. And when we're, our hands are full, we have too much that we're clinging on to in life and we have too many attachments. We have all these blockages. We cannot receive the loving inflow of God. Then, God's fire is not a welcoming thing. It's not experiences joyful and pleasant. It's afflictive. The fire is burning out those vestiges of selfishness or pride or laziness or whatever attachments we have to, to, the, to, the, to the delights of following Jesus so we can follow Jesus for his own sake. That's what's happening here. He's stripping us from the delights that come with walking the Christian path, the many blessings, and there are many great things, but God wants to know, would you follow him still, even if you didn't have those great things? And that's part of what he's doing in the dark night of the soul. I hope this has been helpful for you. If you've enjoyed this podcast and other podcast uh, episodes from the All Things Catholic Show, please share it with family and friends who could be blessed by this. If you're looking for a resource to help you understand the dark night of the soul, I don't recommend you just pick up John of the Cross. Uh, for beginners, that's a really hard text. Um, you know, maybe uh, I'll give you an introductory book that might be a, a way into John of the Cross. 
Uh, and that is a book by Ian Matthew. It's called The Impact of God. We'll put it in the show notes. Ian Matthew, The Impact of God. Wonderful, easy to read, beautiful view of John of the Cross. Maybe if you read that first, that'll give you a good introduction. Then you could delve into the texts of John of the Cross. Uh, itself. I hope, again, this has been helpful. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions on the dark night or anything in spiritual life or anything Catholic, you can reach me on my website, edwards3.com, as well as you can find, you can always find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. God bless.